Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Hi there. I hope that you are enjoying the study this month so far. We are in month three of The Hour Has Come, and our study is taken this month from John chapter 13 verses 4 through 17. John 13, verses 4 through 17. And it is the incident in which Jesus washed his disciples' feet. And wow, even saying that is just an amazing phrase, that Jesus, the God of the universe, the one who created them from dust, is now going to wash dust off of their feet. Just, Just an amazing passage that we have here. I want us to notice before verse 4 though, the just purposeful statement that John the Holy Spirit makes through John in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he was come from God and that he was going back to God, he rose from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girded himself And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but you will know hereafter. Peter said to him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. And Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. And Jesus said to him, He that is washed needeth not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and you are clean, but not all. And then he's going to go and talk about the betrayer. I'm very moved when I read verse 3 that Jesus is about to kneel down and with a basin and a towel that he had stuck in his belt, he's about to wash and dry all of the apostles' feet, knowing that everything that God had was in his hands. He was God, that he came from God, and that he was about to go back to God. But in this brief moment before he he was going to ascend to the Father, he was not only going to wash the dust off the apostles' feet, but he in his own body was going to take theirs and our sins, our iniquities on him. And the nails were going to pierce his hands and feet, and he was going to be the Passover. He's at the Passover supper now, and they are eating the lamb, but he is going to be the spiritual Passover for them and for us. The one who is worthy of worship. Well, I ask you in this lesson to look at Matthew 28 and find a couple of examples there about worship. And I know that most of you have already found those. When you read Matthew 28, you read verse 9 and verse 17. And in that context, Jesus has just come from the grave. 
And in verse 9, it says they took hold of his feet and worshipped him. And in verse 17, this is when the disciples saw him. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. That word worship used twice there in Matthew 28 is the Greek word proskuneo. And it means to kiss, Strong says, like a dog licking his master's hand. To fawn or to crouch to, to prostrate oneself in homage, to do reverence to, to adore. That's what Jesus was deserving. That is the countenance of which he is worthy from mankind. Proskuneo. That is in contradistinction from the word latreo, which is latrea or latreo, which is in uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2, and is sometimes translated worship. Romans 12, 1 and 2, you remember, is the verse that tells us to be not conformed to the world, but to be transformed. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service or your spiritual worship. Some translations say the English Standard Version here says worship and be not conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Latreo is the word that's used for service or worship in verse 1. And it is a different word. It is a different meaning. It is the ministration of God, the divine service, the service that's rendered for hire, any service or ministration or the service of God or the service and worship of God according to the requirements of the Levitical services. So when we're reading in Romans 9 and 10, you remember last month we were talking about how that the old covenant had been done away and that the gospel had been opened up to the Gentiles. And we spent a lot of time in Romans 10 and 11 last month. And this is followed, Romans 12 follows quickly on the heels of this distinction that's being made between the old oblations and sacrifices and the new covenant and the once-for-all sacrifice of Jesus Christ. And so then in Romans 12, he's telling us what our, as it were, priestly or ministrative duty is in this new system. You know, the old system had the Israelites doing the duty of worship or service by offering those animals. And then in verse 1 of Romans 12, it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. We are the sacrifice. We are the service. And we are supposed to be holy, acceptable unto God, which is your 
spiritual worship or service, but not worship as in prostrating oneself before in adoring, licking the hand of. It's the worshipful duty. It's the ministration of the act of keeping the new law by offering ourselves just as the old law was kept by offering those animal sacrifices. The difference between the words proskuneo and latreo is very important when we're thinking about Romans 12, of course, because it is the passage that to which many have gone and said, well, everything we do is worship, where our bodies are a constant living worship to God. And so everything we do is worship. And of course, that's where the confusion comes in about what things are prescribed and authorized by God for our worship assemblies. If everything we do is worship, then is it not okay to play the guitar? Is it not okay to dance? Is it not okay to uh, wash feet? Is it not okay to, whatever it might be, have hamburgers and french fries on the Lord's table? I don't want to be... um, you know, to make fun of the authorized items that we have in worship. But this is where the confusion comes. When we think about the word worship in Romans 12, verse 1, as being the same as our bowing down and adoring and the worship that we give to God in proskuneo. So in Romans chapter 12, it's a different word. It's latreo. And it doesn't mean our prostration, our adoration, our, it certainly is not referring to our corporate assembly prostration before God. It's talking about our reasonable, and really here in this context, it's comparing our sacrifice of our bodies to the Levitical sacrifice of the animals. And that is that what, whatever we do, in word or deed, we do all by the authority of Jesus Christ. So, latreo is is not the same worship as Jesus received in Matthew 28. Latreo is the service, the administering of the priestly, I'm going to say, duty. And that's definitely Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, is the type of, that um is the sha- that comes from the shadow of the priestly offering of sacrifices. So I wanted to make that distinction. I wanted to first make you aware that Jesus really in verse 3, Jesus knew some things in his mind that made him very much worthy of the deepest prostration of man. And yet he is the one then that gets down on the floor and washes the feet of the disciples. So as we're thinking about Matthew 28, as we're thinking about John 13, and as we're thinking about Romans 12, I want us to see that Jesus was worthy of prostration, adoration, as as that humans would as a dog lick the master's hand. It is a derivative of a word that means really a kiss toward God. Jesus was worthy of all that. And yet, he, having made men out of dust, stooped down to wash the dust off of those men's feet. Now, let's go ahead and finish reading 
the text from John chapter 13. So after he had washed their feet and had taken his garments and was set down again, he said, do you know what I've done to you? You call me master and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. Here, he knew it before he started, and now he stated it after he has finished their bookends. If I then, your Lord and Master, have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither he that is sent greater than he that sent him. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Just a couple more points. I got a question in my email earlier this week about a ladies' event somewhere in which there was going to be a foot washing. They were going to have a ladies' day, and then they were going to have a time set aside where everyone would wash each other's feet. And she asked me if I thought that was appropriate today. I'm going to say that I I don't think that's appropriate today. I don't think it is appropriate. I especially don't think it's appropriate as a part of worship because we never have an instance of, of that within worship. We don't have the authority to do that in worship. But more than that, I think it's inappropriate in the setting of a ladies' day, even if it's done, you know, in a in a different room from the worship at a different time. I don't think it's really appropriate because I think it cheapens what the Lord taught here in John 13. Jesus was rendering a much-needed service, a menial service toward those who really should have been serving him because he was God. That is the teaching from John 13. It was a needed service, and Jesus rendered that service to mankind. The creator of mankind rendered that service to mankind. We cannot emulate that in a foot washing today. A couple of reasons. Number one, in that room where that foot washing is going to be done to, I don't know when, this week or next week or whatever. In that room, don't you imagine that all of the women there would have their feet pretty clean before they get there? I think if I was, if I thought someone was going to pull down my stockings and take off my shoes and stockings, that I would not want them to smell my feet. I think that I would have my feet clean ahead of time. And I think all those ladies are probably going to have their feet clean ahead of time. Thus, we won't have a needed service being rendered. Secondly, we don't have dirty feet like the disciples had. We are not wandering around the, I mean, sometimes we do, but we're not wandering generally around the hills of Judea. I did that a couple of years ago with um, a group of ladies, and I'm telling you what, uh, there was one day that I wore my sandals, and and my feet were pretty dirty at the end of that day, and I wouldn't have wanted anyone to have to wash my feet. But we are not, generally, when we assemble together, we're not in need of a foot washing. We have running water at home. 
These disciples were nomadic at the time. They were even asking the day before, where are we going to eat the Passover? And they weren't eating it in any of their homes. They weren't at home. They were nomadic at this time, wandering, following Jesus to Jerusalem for the Passover. And they were eating it in the upper room of a borrowed home. And they didn't have running water in that home. This was something that they needed. And it was a need that the creator of the universe fulfilled. Because of that scenario, I don't think we can recreate that today. I don't think we do ever recreate that need in our congregations of the Lord's body today. So I wanted to just throw out those thoughts about modern day foot washing. And then I want to close with verse 17, which says, if you know these things, happy are you if you do them. Telling you what, psychologists today tell us that when we get depressed, if we go about doing something good for someone who is in need, we ourselves are the benefactors. We are healing our own spirits when we go about serving other people. Jesus knew that. If you know these things, happy are you if you do them. I hope you have a great day.